Hello and welcome to the Lit Up and Liberated podcast with me, Yvette Mayer. I'm a business coach with a 30-year-long corporate background in marketing and advertising. I have a huge passion for helping you launch and scale your online business. And when you do, I want you to feel lit up and liberated too. Lit up because you're doing work you love, you're in your zone of genius and liberated from those chains of the nine to five, the stress and the struggle. I'm all about building businesses with soul, strategy and savvy. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring entrepreneurs and you'll gain practical tips, strategies and tools that you can apply to your online business. So let me ask you this, are you ready to feel lit up and liberated? Hello and welcome back to the Lit Up and Liberated podcast. Today I am joined by sales guru. He didn't tell me to introduce him that way, by the way, but I'm joined with the sales guru that is Phil Lee and welcome to the podcast, Phil. How are you today? Yvette, I'm great. Thank you very much. That's a great welcome. Yes, you're right. I didn't ask you to say sales guru, but thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I've been around for a long time, so it helped to quite a few people. So if that qualifies me as a guru, so be it. I think guru actually means teacher. Ah. You mean exalted one, as a lot of us sort of take it to mean. Uh, I believe the literal translation, whatever language it is, Hindu, Hindi or Sanskrit would be probably whatever, some Eastern, is, is teacher or guide, guide. Yeah. And that is very appropriate because in reality, your primary business is sales coaching uh, and specifically sales coaching for big deals. Am I right? Yeah, well, yeah, typically. So I work with business people, um, sales professionals, service professionals, consultants, business owners who are really struggling uh, to do the type of deals that they really want to do. They're really good at their business. They've put a lot of time and effort into their expertise, being good at what they do. But when they go out into the real world, now they have to sell that expertise is a very competitive marketplace. Um, buyers are often very difficult to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. and that becomes a real struggle for them because quite frankly, they've never really had uh, thorough training or coaching. Or mm-hmm. been, like It's be like me saying, I want to climb Mount Everest. Well, Phil, what have you done? Oh, I don't know, I've climbed a few hills when I've been jogging. You know, Good luck, mate. You know, don't forget to fill out your will. So what you do is you get a guide, someone who can help you and say, look, this is what I'm wanting to do. And they go, well, you know, okay, how serious are you? And if you're really serious, you better take their advice and stick with them for a long time because you won't make it if you don't. It's very true. And I think a lot of people are afraid of selling. It's a bit of a... It's a a word that invokes fear and it's a particularly, like I love this conversation because if you're an entrepreneur and if you have a small business as a solopreneur, there is no escaping sales. There's no business without sales. No business without sales unless, you know, you're so extraordinary what you do or what you have and people just tell other people and they beat a path, you know, you've built a better mousetrap as they say, and people uh-huh. don't know about it. But otherwise, you know, for, for, you know, us mere mortals, you know, we have to, we have to be good at that part, aspect of the business. And as you say, the term sales has a really, it doesn't have very positive connotations. It's uh-huh. a sort of wiki thing, you know, you sort of, your skin starts to crawl and yeah. reasons for that we could talk about, but that's why the part that people hate the sales. Ew, no, I don't want to be a salesperson. I just want, 
people to get the results. Uh, me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keep, I want them to call me up and I think can help them. Yeah, sure. I, I completely hear you. And uh, interestingly, in I run a business academy for new business owners and there is a, a lesson on selling. And in that, the content is around that selling is service. You actually are helping people unlock whatever they desire to unlock with your service and they don't get that without you selling to them so the two words are thoroughly interwoven exactly. Exactly. now tell us uh because i love to start with this mm. you i know have had a couple of businesses before this one we would love to hear your path to current day phil oh look i'll keep it very how long have we got is this a five hours uh, you know it's three or four hours just kidding <laughs> It's, it's, you know, let's say between half an hour and an hour, depending on how much you carry. you <laughs> Like, so just in a sort of a nutshell. So uh, I was, yeah, I, I, I was really lost as a kid and a, you know, in, in, an adolescent. I had some fat, typical family circumstances. Cut a long story short, I was like, well, what the heck's going on here? About my mid twenties, I sort of started to wake up a bit. This is no joke. Uh, I found, I got a job, I'd say, uh, uh, with a big American computer company as a sales trainee. It was way above my head. Uh, I don't know what they saw in me, but I tried really hard. I wasn't successful. I had a manager that wasn't prepared to support me and, you know, and help me, which is really the role of a sales manager is developing their salespeople, but whatever. He fired me in very blunt terms, um, told me that, you know, I should go and sell cars. Not that there's anything wrong with selling cars. Mm. Uh, I had just become engaged at the time. I'm like sitting there going, uh, I was like dumbstruck. Like, what am I going to go home and say? I'm like, my, you know, fiance's um, parents didn't really think much of me. I don't think at the time anyway. So, you know, I'm, think, I'm thinking, how am I going to go? What am I going to say? That's all I'm thinking. Anyway, cut a long story short. The other thing I clearly remember is as he's going on, he's smoking because you could smoke in those days. He blew a puff of smoke right at me, you know, Ooh. really disrespectfully. And like, and I thought, mate, I am going to show you. And 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 I had started a personal development journey, and I, and I really got into that stuff. That's what really helped change my life. Yeah, I to, you know, think like the gurus, you know, were, were telling me to think, and started trying things, and getting out of my comfort zone, and being okay with failure, and all that stuff. And, you know, within 18 months, I was one of the highest earning um, sales people in the IT industry in Australia. Wow. Earning way more money than probably he was. Uh, yeah. And within five years, I had, uh, I started my own business and, really? and uh, in the IT industry. And I don't say this as a boast or anything, but uh, I remember one deal that I did. I didn't have any infrastructure. This is the thing I'd like to make, you know, you, you're, the people who might be listening to this. Like, I didn't have a big company name. I didn't have a marketing budget. No one knew who I was, but I remember one of the deals I did, this was would have been back in about 1987, 1988. I made 90,000 bucks. I went and bought a house on my beach. And I don't say that to impress anybody. I'm not special. I've had my share of failures and whatever. And, and, and uh, But, you know, it's if you're a small business and you're starting off, you do not need, you know, people, it's the old adage, people buy from people. And, um, it, you know, and I, yeah, so if that's encouragement to anybody. So I ran that business for quite a number of years. The market started to change and I'm not a technologist. So I was like over trying to keep up with changes in technology. And I'm like, one day I find on the fax machine, it's fax machine. <laughs> Don't worry. I was around for faxes too. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a business coach. Like, oh, no one had heard of a business coach then, like 20 years ago, no one had heard of a fitness coach, but like business coach. And, uh, you know, do you, are you like, you know, confused about where your business is going, struggling with all the pain points? I thought, this guy's got a bug in my office. Mm. Oh, I checked him out. I rang. He turned out to be John McGrath's personal coach. Wow. Yeah, so I thought, oh, I think he's good enough for John McGrath. He's probably good enough for me. Yeah. So I engaged him. And I remember the thing that really changed, you know, like it, it, that changed my whole career from there was uh, he put me into like uh, my partner, I, who was a technical guy, put us into a, like a two day training program with a bunch of other people where he was going to show us how we could all re energize our businesses, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the two days, we were paired up and I got paired up with this woman. And we had to ask each other, like, so if it was you, Yvette, I would say, hey, Yvette, well, what are you going to do from here? And she said, well, Phil, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Blah, blah, blah. And then she said to me, well, what are you going to do? And uh, I just sat there and like, I said, I don't know. Mm. She said, now, just let me say this. During that, thing, during that course, we had done some personality profiling, if you like, which yeah. I had never done before. Mm. And it said, I'm a performer. <laughs> and it gave me a description of the sort of things I like doing. And I thought, dude, no wonder I'm struggling. <laughs> anyway, so just going back to the story. So she said, well, what are you, you going to do? I said, I don't know. She said, well, what do you want to do? And at that moment, the guy who had led the training walked right past me. And, and I found myself saying, I want to do what he does. Wow, that was a defining moment. And from that moment, I then just, it was not an easy journey, like climbing yeah. Mount Everest or even getting to base camps, not an easy journey. Yeah. But, you know, I started to do, what, what do I need to do? How can I find what my thing, uh, da, 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 da. and it's been a work in progress ever since uh, with some highs, you know, a number of highs, thankfully. Yes, yeah, some lows. Mm, it's entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how I'm here today. Awesome. Well, that is, that's really inspiring. And, and actually, a couple of things you said that came to mind. The first one is, as a coach myself, I too fell in love with personal development in my 20s. And I have to say, almost every coach I know shares that. It's even though we don't know that it's beginning a journey to coaching, we start with a passion or a fascination for how the mind works and human potential and human performance. So I really, I really felt that I was like, me too, which I, yeah, I now think is, it's a, almost a red thread. So that's my first comment on that. Uh, the other one was question for you. When you told the story about you, you had a moment of not being sure what you wanted to do next was there something missing in this, that training that made you think I could do this even better? Oh, no, I think it was, I can do what he does. Okay. All right. I just wondered, cause I was like, was it not, uh, yeah, no, not particularly, but you know, it, it, I'd seen from the profile, I thought, you know, it said, I'm a performer, you know, you're a good communicator. You love working with people. You love inspiring people. Da, 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 da. You'd be suited by, you know, these particular roles. One of them was a speaker and I don't know, you know, it'd be something that, you know, I've always loved that sort of world. And one of the things that had appealed to me about the, you know, the personal development journey that I started was these guys were not only helping me, mm. and their story was most of them had been failures, if not all of them in their life, and they'd sort of picked themselves up and then they were sh teaching other people how, to, how they became successful. And how, and how Heroes, Danny. Yeah, and part of it is a show, like it's entertainment, infotainment, yeah. if you like. 
part yeah. of it is the is this you know is the stagecraft of presenting and 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 uh, teaching so yeah both of those so i just sat there and i thought you know i can and i'd had that i thought that before about a few other people i just thought i could do what he does and i'd really like to do that yeah yeah and from the other side how do you feel about your choice oh look fantastic you know like it's not an easy journey like it's uh, what we do is not not an easy journey being a you know a coach or a speaker um, um, it's not it, but um, you know, ultimately, you know, why do I do it is because uh, I, I want to make a difference in people's lives. You know, look, there's no, no doubt. I love being an influencer. Um, not doesn't, not for my ego's sake, but it's just what I was born to do. Mm, drives you. I do it in a bus stop, you know, so I have a chat with someone and if, you know, I'll give them a tip or something. You know? um, so yeah. So uh, yeah. So making a difference in people's lives because I really appreciate it at that time in my life. I didn't yeah. start that personal development journey just for the sake of it. I really needed help and was looking for it. Yeah. And I needed guidance and, and it made a big difference. For sure. So, you know, I'm all about trying to help others find others who, who are looking for this for similar help and try mm -hmm. to help them if they want it. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. All right. So today, from what I know of you, you particularly focus on sales and big deals, which makes you incredibly qualified to share with us less experienced entrepreneurs that have to sell on what are some of the key behaviors, mindsets, actual tactics, mm. all of these things. Um, I would love to pick your brain on this. So share, please share. You hit the nail on the head. You picked the sort of three areas that, that that are fundamental that need to be developed. Wow, that was a fluke. Oh, no, it's true. You said behaviors. So it's activities. So there's only really three things when I'm working with anyone. From, and by the way, I have worked with people um, who aren't doing many deals at all, let alone six or seven figure deals. And, yeah. and they're like desperate. I've got to stay in business. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm hopeless. I can't get to the right people. I do all, a lot of proposal generation, nothing happens. When mm -hmm. I do get someone who seems interested, they just try to beat me up for price and shot me around with their competition. And, you know, I'm just over it. I'm not being seen as a potentially valuable resource. It's just, just another person who can do a quote. So I have worked with plenty of those people as well. But so fundamentally, it's, there's three areas. It's like a stool. So if, if, with, a, with a top on it, we sit on it and if the legs are solid, then we, we can sit on a stool, no problem. If one or more are wobbly, we're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. the, three, the three legs, if you like, are activity or behaviour. So what activities are you doing consistently on a daily basis to give yourself the opportunity to speak, have a conversation with someone in a decision-making position who can potentially buy what you're selling? Mm -hmm. There's a number of ways, you know, a number of, of Can you ways. give us a couple of examples of activities? I know it sounds like they could be things we avoid. They're mostly things we avoid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start with the hard thing. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got it. I mean, you've got it. It's mostly things we avoid. It's because, you know, even when you said at the beginning, we talk about sales, nobody wants to talk about the word. And why? Because it brings up, and I guess underneath it is this feeling of rejection or mm. potentially you know, potentially someone not being interested. And, and let's face it, uh, prospective buyers don't play the game the way we'd like to play it. We'd yeah. like them to play it most of the time. They know that they have a lot of choice 
And unless you've already built up a trusted relationship and they see you as being a valuable resource, they're not going to be very easy and they're not going to make your job. In fact, you know, it's one of the reasons why people dislike sales and don't stay in it. It's because they haven't figured that out, that the buyer actually has a process and you do it and I do it and we do it unconsciously. No one's taught us. And the role is not to make it easy for the salesperson. <laughs> right. And we generally don't trust them. It doesn't matter how many degrees they've got, what their background is. If we don't know them yeah. and the more they sound like everybody else, the more they sound like they, they, you know, that they just really want to deal, but they want to help you as well. But mm. their strategies, and we'll talk about that in a yeah. second, are very traditional. Mm -hmm. We just sort of close down. Right. So the first thing is doing the right behaviors, activities, and on LinkedIn. I know you do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. I do a fair bit of stuff on LinkedIn, um, and it's it's engaging. And what we're really trying to do is we're trying to have people see our stuff and go, oh, you know, Yvette would be someone. Um, who would be useful for me to talk to and, or either reaching out to someone and say, hey, hey, vet, you know, you look like, I, you know, that you could be in my target market. I don't say mm -hmm. that, but hey, vet, I've noticed your profile, blah, 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 blah. Love to connect with you. And then may, the idea being maybe to give you some value or start a conversation. Yeah. So a number of ways, whatever. So that comes under, under the heading of activity. That's personal mm -hmm. activity. Awesome. So I actually do the activity every day. Well, you're doing certainly a lot of, I don't know else what you're doing, you're doing in LinkedIn activity and that seems to be working for you. Um, yeah. I will say this. I, I am very comfortable with that type of activity. And I know not everybody is because a lot of it outside of the consistency, which is a big deal to start with is, yeah, yeah. Video, and that can be challenging for people. Um, but I will admit the actual, reaching out directly via email and the phone, I resist massively. Okay. And so you're not Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. In fact, that's very, very common. And, and uh, you know, I could spend hours talking about this, but, but we don't have a lot of time. So, so the first thing is, yeah, what activities are you doing consistently on a day, you know, to get yourself in front of people who could say yes or no? Mm -hmm. simplistically yeah so it's one of the stools is activity or behavior uh the second stool is mindset mm -hmm. what uh what are your attitudes concerning you know what you do your attitudes about yourself uh your attitudes about the product or service that you're selling or representing the attitude if you're working for a company the attitude about the company um, what limiting beliefs, I'm sure you do work around this. What, you know, what beliefs do you have? Like, um, you know, I'm not comfortable, you know, emailing or picking up the phone and calling people. There's some negative stuff in there, right? There's some road, there's some blocks. Yeah. And, and, you know, that might be, I'm not saying it is, but that might be for a lot of people. It is, it's costing them a lot of money. Mm, that's so true. It's yeah. also preventing people that could get a lot of value out of what you offer from having that. Well, exactly right. So it's not only costing you a lot of money, it's mm. potentially robbing someone else of the opportunity uh, to avail themselves of your, you know, fantastic product or service and help them solve a problem. Well, a quick story, I worked with a guy for a number of years um, and he wasn't doing very well at all. And I did a lot, of, we worked a lot on this sort of stuff. And one day, uh, anyway, I'll keep it very short. He got a, um, an email saying, we, you know, from a, somebody who couldn't make a decision like some, you know, an information gatherer, we'd love to demo your product. 
And, you know, I taught him, he used to just demo the product to anybody. I'd say, no, don't demo the product. Give the guy a call. Find out, you know, why, who the key person is. Give them, call them. And I should, we worked on that really hard. Called the guy, like the decision-making guy. Called the first guy first. Called the decision-making guy. Was on the phone for about 45 minutes. Around of, I have a framework that I teach people around, mm -hmm. you know, you're really looking to, you're not talking about yourself and what you can do. You're looking to really identify issues and problems and concerns they might have. And yeah. the doctor just, you know, diagnose, ask questions, which he did. Turned out he said this, that they had massive pain. Mm -hmm. Anyway, cut a long story short. Uh, he proceeded with that. It took five months from that call. He, uh, they already had, he was working for IBM. Mm -hmm. they, the, this uh, prospect already had an incumbent supplier that IBM had been trying to move. They couldn't. He put a proposal in. Before he put it in, his manager said, don't go in so high. We'll never get the business. He said, don't worry. I know what these problems are costing them. They're costing them way more than this. Right. And why they're not getting the results they're getting at the moment. They know why too with my help. Don't worry. He got the deal. Wow. He made 700,000 US dollars. Now, I'm not going to give you his name. Right? Probably no. no, that's incredible. And he, that year became the number one salesperson at IBM out of 400. Wow. And it was because in the past, he wasn't comfortable picking up the phone. He wasn't comfortable saying, well, listen, can I ask you, who's really requested this? Who makes a decision at this level? He wouldn't have done that before. And he mm -hmm. certainly, if he knew, wouldn't have made a call that within the first two or three minutes would have positioned himself as a potentially valuable resource. Totally. And gone up you know, in trust from, you know, usually we're like two or three to about seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, where the guy felt comfortable actually discussing his issues with him. Amazing. So that's the second one. So, so it's mindset. And mm -hmm. the third one is strategy or technique. So I talked a little bit about that when I gave the example of this yeah. phone call, et cetera. So what strategies and techniques are you using? And most people, Yvette, are using 1950s strategies mm -hmm. and techniques. Mm -hmm. Because it's simple. Like, I play tennis really badly. You know, I, in my day, I wasn't a bad athlete. So why couldn't I play tennis well? Because I never had tennis lessons. Yeah. And it wasn't natural for me. So, yeah, occasionally I could hit a really decent shot. But more often than not, it would be in the net or go over the baseline. Mm. I contrast my, uh, my wife's brother. They all had tennis lessons. He can kill me. Yeah, he's got <laughs> the strategy and the technique. Yeah. Because he learnt a solid, sound strategy and technique. Yeah. And so you gave us a clue there on a strategy and a technique, which was around diagnosing the problem and really listening. Yes. So it's, this, this sounds simple, but it's not. So fundamentally, you have to be different to everybody else. Now, that's just not different for the sake of being different. But most of what everyone else is doing, because they haven't had, you know, all that coaching and, and like my brother-in-law, you know, years and years of tennis coaching, um, we just do what comes naturally. Mm. And so whether we know it or not, we're using a sort of like we're trying to coerce people or convince them yeah. to do business with us. And we all know personally the harder someone tries to convince us to do business with them, the less we're inclined to want to do business with them, yeah. even if they're great. It's just like a relationship when you're too eager. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> even, what is it, uh, treat them mean, keep them keen. It is, is yeah. Yeah, I don't have any personal experience with that myself. No, yeah, got married at 12. <laughs> uh, 
So, um, so yeah, so I, you know, in my book, I've written a book called The Game Changer and, and really it's the analogy I use. It's like, you, you've got to be like a doctor mm-hmm. and, and, and have a framework uh, around which, you know, the doctor sort of, you come in and, and he goes, you know, how are you? It's, I always find that funny when you walk in the door. He says, how are you? And I go, well, how do you think I am? You know? He says, well, what's going on? And then they sort of start asking questions uh, to determine look, what they think it might be, whether or not you need tests, whether or not you need to see someone else, or whether or not you just need to go home, take a few aspirin and just have mm-hmm. all your life. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're trying to find. Mm-hmm. We're trying to determine, we're trying to help people make decisions. And we're not making a decision for them, but we're working through a framework where we mutually, you know, decide, look, if there's something there or there isn't. Yes. You know, Yvette, one of the difficult things is often there isn't something there. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, people often mistake interest for a signal that they're really looking to solve a problem and, and have compelling reasons to do so and will do so. And mm-hmm. interest is not very high on the qualification ladder. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is fascinating. And a lot of this stuff is psychology, but, you know, it's not stuff that we're readily taught. Like I studied marketing at university, I did behavioural science, and then I spent years and years and years and years and years trying to understand biopsychology, why it's difficult, why we find it difficult, because I've, I had my own challenges too and still do. Um, but once you understand the psychology behind it, it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, if you're using uh, more cutting edge, uh, more what I would call buyer-focused strategies than seller-focused strategies, which are most people are using a seller-focused strategy, what I would call, yeah. that is, it's all about me. Yeah. Uh, so they're the three legs of the stool. And on top of the stool, the seat is your, your motivation, your, you know, your, your big why, if you like. Like why, yeah. you're, just, of course, why you're unique. Well, not yeah. Why maybe why you're an equal? Why you're even? Why you're even doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And 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 how compelling it might be. You know, I don't know if you have you ever read uh, Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Okay, so if you no, I haven't read that. I, I went, when you started down that path, I thought you were going to say Simon Sinek's Finding Your Why, which I'm obsessed yeah, with. So Simon Sinek stole it. From, I don't want to say, but you know, there's nothing new in the sun. Everybody just puts their okay. own. Paper. So he was inspired by Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, well, and he was probably inspired. But, but Victor Frankl was a psychiatrist who was in, actually in concentration camp. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, you know, saw all these terrible things. And, 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 and what he noticed or observed was the people who survived, most of them had a really compelling reason to survive. Like they had, a, they had meaning. So it might have mm-hmm. been they wanted to get justice. You know, uh, they wanted to to um they wanted to see if their family uh, but it was really really strong they wanted to tell the story at the end so that the world would know what happened they had a really whereas those that not all of them but those that didn't survive gave up and they mm-hmm. didn't have strong compelling reasons and, and, and a meaning to their survival and that's sort of like the stool is like why are you doing what you're doing what drives you what's your motivation you know how strong is it and yeah, I love that. It's so interesting you just talked about that analogy because I just finished reading a novel called The Tattooist of Auschwitz, yep. which is a true story about somebody in a, a German concentration camp. 
And I can really, even from that story, I can draw parallels to what you just explained. Read the book, it's really good. I've actually seen the author, whose name escapes me, the author and the guy she wrote about, I can't remember his name. I actually, I've actually seen them speaking, being interviewed. Wow. To an event where they Might were. Be fun because the guy that it was about passed away. Okay. But his son is probably who, I'm guessing, uh, unless if it was okay, 15 Maybe he wasn't there. Maybe I'm confused, but she definitely was. Yes. Uh, maybe he wasn't, but she definitely was, and she spoke about it. I'm just trying to think. Anyway, I can't remember who we interviewed, but it was an event that I was so interested in. Mm, wow, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so you talked a lot about principles, and I know they're transferable from big ticket sales to smaller but I guess what I'm interested in is so when you a lot of people that listen to this podcast are smaller coaches newer coaches and the primary sales technique tends to be digitally putting out an offer is there anything that you would share that could influence that structure of deal well here's the thing I would say if if whatever you're doing is working for you stick with it yeah yeah if it's working don't change Mm. now one of the things if you want to do bigger deals mm, that stuff doesn't really work that well it's like yeah Yeah. you know let's think about it if i need a back operation am i going to go to someone i find online that you know says here's my reporter i might get the report for my email address and then i start getting follow-up stuff and follow-up stuff and then eventually I get, oh, it's your lucky day. Uh, we've just decided I'm looking for five people who want a back operation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Half my normal price. Yeah. Sign up within the next, you know, next five hours and you can see the clock ticking. Uh-huh. Get these bonuses. You're going to get a nurse. You're going to get an anesthetic. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So... Uh, yeah, so that's what I would say. So, if you know, if anybody's doing a strategy and it's working really well, then don't change it. Don't listen to me or anybody else. And that's part of the problem, I think. One of the things that's really, I guess, it has its good and bad points today is there's so much stuff, there's so much there stuff you. online saying, look at me, I've got the answer. Yeah. Right? And it's really hard because they don't really know what the problem is. And, you know, generically, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to sore back. Yeah, let's fix it. Yeah. But we know that you really want to find someone who can say, look, I really know mm. why, you know, you're, you've got a problem with your back. I can actually help you or I can't. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I hear you. And I think, like, even in my business, if it's a, a one-on-one coaching relationship, it always starts with a conversation mm. versus something that's done Yes. Online, it's more on courses and programs that are at a lower price point. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so what we do in those instances is we, if we research what those pain points are from our ideal customers and in the marketing we, you, we reflect that. Yes. So there's some similarities. There if- are. And look, as I say, if it's working, it's, it's working. I suppose it's a difference between... You know, we often get, um, you know, I just came up with this, so I hope, it's, I hope it paints the picture accurately. So we often get these little weevils in our pantry. My wife goes nuts. So she goes out and buys this sticky flypaper stuff. 
and puts in the pantry. And, and it sort of works for a while. That's the difference between putting the sticky flypaper and getting a, an exterminator in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is the cause of this. this is yeah, let's get rid of them coming into the cupboard, not yeah, just... Yeah, let's, like, eradicate this problem uh -huh. and sort of maybe deal with the symptom. Yeah, that's... I, I feel you on that. Mm. You don't get the depth or the nuance that you do in... I found, you know, working club is this, you know, person that I mentioned that, you know, did the huge deal and became the number one out of 400. You know, we really had to... It was a lot of close work... And, 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 you know, going forward and hit slipping back a little bit and trying stuff that was very outside his comfort zone and, and then, you know, role playing and, and, and building him up and, you know, da, 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 until you're eventually comfortable that you can get out there and after you've practiced and practiced and fallen over and skinned your knees enough times that you're confident you can get out there and you can do it. And it's repeatable, I'm imagining. And it's repeatable. Mm, that's it's the thing repeatable. is you don't want to just do it once and then have to start learning again. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's repeatable. But I, once again, I would say is for anybody that might be listening to this, if what you're doing is working, stick with it. Don't change it. You know, like mm -hmm. there are lots of different models around. Um, it's hard because a lot of different coaches say, so, you know, if you said, oh, Phil's a sales trainer and coach, well, people in their mind all of a sudden start thinking, oh, what's that mean for me? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, sales trainer. He's, the, he's like that guy that my company employed three years ago it made me sit through a whole day he was as boring as batshit um didn't teach me anything well he must be like that guy i think i'll i'll, I'll leave this podcast and go and do something else you know like we create those scenarios yeah we like we like to tell stories to ourselves we do it all day long all day long that's another yeah. subject that we won't go in. yes and okay that has been uh, really, really insightful. Is there anything uh, you would say as learning from your entrepreneurial journey, a watch out or a tip that you would share with the listeners who are early into this path? Yeah, look, firstly, I would commend you for, you know, taking the journey. Like, you know, like none of us have got any guarantees. No one, how many people pre predicted coronavirus? You know, the share market was booming. Uh, property prices, at least where we are, is booming. Sydney, you know, mostly Australia. How many people predicted it? Not many, right? Uh, so look, it's a journey. It's like if, if something inspires you and you want to, you know, you're out there having a go, great. I would say if you're struggling, get help. True. If you're struggling, sort of give up, get help. Now, having said that, I know how hard it can be to get the right help. At times, because mm. um, it, it can be—it's not—it's not that easy. But speak to people. Um, you know, people are welcome to call me. I'm sure they're welcome to call you. Um, we can have a, have a brief chat. You know, if I can put them on to someone, I will. Um, if I can help, I'll try to. Uh, so get help and and try to identify. Don't be proud or try to identify what are the key areas that are holding me. My, you know, that are, that are holding me back. Mm -hmm. and then and then trying to get some help and it, it is a journey and, and look i do liken it it's like any other journey or adventure it is like going to base camp at everest if you want to go to the top of everest that's a real journey you've got to be prepared you've yeah. got to get help you've got to train you've got to you know and not, not everybody makes it no and you really do have to invest in yourself and your business from my experience or it's a very slow journey Yes, you're right. You have to invest in yourself. And that all depends on, on how committed you are. 
mm. who your vision is. Look, if you seek the right advice, people will tell you, you know, like I've told, put it this way, I, I in, in the sort of framework that I teach people, it's, it's a qualification framework. And as I said, a lot of people who are interested don't qualify. Right. They're just, they don't, to, you really have to, to go on a journey to climb Mount Everest, you've got to really, you really got to mean it and have compelling reasons for wanting to do it like Viktor Frankl discovered, you know, mm -hmm. from the concentration camp. So, uh, you know, find someone that can, um, just, yeah, if you're not sure how compelling your reasons are, and if you've already started, they probably are pretty compelling, find someone that can sort of help you, get some clarity. Yeah. Serious, you know, what's your goal? You know, what, how serious? Um, are you prepared to invest in yourself? Are you prepared to get out of your comfort zone? That's also a big one. It's not just money. It's not just, oh, yeah, I'll pay money to get some help. It's are you prepared? Because yeah, you know, self doesn't fix anything. That's right. You and I both know that unless <laughs> people are prepared to do stuff, uh -huh. really yeah. get out of their comfort zone, they will not get the results that they're looking for. Absolutely. So that's, an, that's another area. And a really, um, you know, an, an, a responsible, ethical, professional, experienced coach, mentor, We'll, 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 we'll sort of take you on that journey initially. Mm -hmm. And be very clear about it. And be very clear about sort of what's involved and whether you're up for it. And if you're not up for it, that's fine. So I was saying earlier, so I disqualify most people. Yes. Because they're just not ready. They say they are, but when you really drill down, they're not, which yeah. is fine. It's not a value judgment. No, it's absolutely a readiness. And also... You make such, I mean, I feel this way too, you make such a big commitment when you take on a client. And it's not just about the, the coaching sessions. It's like it's a relationship beyond that. It's a very close relationship where you want them to succeed, unfortunately, sometimes more than they want to succeed. Totally. Oh, my God. You nailed it. <laughs> I've sort of been around for a while and that's, you know, so that's why, and, and not many people do that. Mm -hmm. They take the time at the beginning to try to figure that all out and bring it out in the open because there's nothing worse for them or for you as a coach if halfway through it, they're not doing Absolutely. what they need to be doing. Like it's frustrating. And let's face it, most people, there's a lot of good stuff online and you can find anything online, but how, how many people actually commit themselves to actually going through it? Yeah. I told, I, I told a story that I wrote an email or I wrote a LinkedIn post the other day. So I'm a singer in a rock band. It's one of the things I had a dream to do at 60. I became a singer. Uh, love it. I've, I've had a singing coach for 10 years. Wow. <laughs> that's brilliant. Still do. Anyway, so I started playing, learning to play the harmonica. I got a coach uh, a few years ago, worked with him for about 18 months. Yeah, I got to, I'm not going to play it. So don't ask me to. Got to an average sort of level and then stopped. Stopped. You know, I was sort of I was getting my rocks off doing what I was doing and it was great. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, in lockdown and everything, I thought, well, what is, you know, what can I do? Ah, harmonica. I'll take Ooh, I'll it. Back up. So it was, a, it was about two weeks before um, Anzac Day. For the, if anybody's overseas, Anzac Day is an Australian sort of memorial day for veterans and stuff. Um, so I thought we had this one, the last post, you know, the last post, it's on the Trump, da, 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 very haunting, highly respectful, you know, a, a, the trumpet blows it in, in, in lest we forget people yes. who save their lives. And so I thought I'm going to learn to play the last post and I hadn't played for a long time. So I got on Google, YouTube, found, yep, yeah, great. I uh, said, okay, I'm going to commit myself every day and on the 
Anzac Day, I'll play the last post. Well, I did it for about a week. There's a, quite a tricky bend and then a quick transition, which I didn't quite get, but I wasn't that far off getting. But because it was a bit tough. You quit. I quit. Oh. And I quit and I didn't play the last post on Anzac Day. So I'm telling you the story. It's real. Mm. And why did I quit? It's because it became uncomfortable, became difficult. Mm -hmm. And why I had the singing coach, he's 30, by the way, same age as my oldest daughter, Phil, he would get, Ed would get up me. He would get up me, right? Now, when I'm doing it online, I don't have anybody to get up me. I've it's only got myself. It's not quite the same, is it? It's not quite. Ed, at 30, goes, Phil, how many times do I have to tell you, mate? Yeah. You know, you're giving me the shits. <laughs> okay, Ed. He goes, and, and then when I do it, he goes, mate, that was so much better. So, yeah. you know, that's the role of a coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you. You have been a treasure trove. Tell us for the listeners how they can find out more about you, your book. Uh, yes, I have a book, The Game Changer, if anybody wants to um, uh, find out about that. You can just email me um, at info at phillee.com.au. That's info at phillee, P-H-I-L-L-E-E.com.au. Or check me out on LinkedIn, uh, Phil Lee, send me a direct message. Um, so if anybody's struggling or if any of this stuff resonates, I'm happy to, you know, have a chat with you, you know, if I can help in some way. Um, and if you want to buy the book, just let me know or I can send you a couple of free chapters. I can do that also. But hopefully I've, you've asked some really good questions, Yvette. So thank you for having me on. Thank you. I've watched what you do and that's why we've sort of connected. So you're really, um, you're really good at what you do. So thank you for asking me. And, you know, I just leave, I would just say to anybody, like I'm 65, you know, I've got two kids. I say the same thing to my kids. Uh, I've got great kids, thankfully. You know, if you, don't be shy. If you need help for something, you know, ask. Totally. There's someone, there's someone who's got the answer to the question, uh, your question, but you might have to take, you know, a bit of time and effort to find the right person. True. True that. Keep looking until you, you find that right fit for you. Keep looking and, you know, just stay on the journey and keep, you know, the reason you got into it was, you know, stay with it, stay with it. It's got its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, if it's, you know, like just stay with it, stay with it. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long game. And, I, and before I go, I think that I'll come back to the top of the stool. Like it's just so important to know why you're doing it and for what yeah. that, if you don't have that clarity, you won't yep. have the confidence or the commitment yep. to see it through. Exactly. Like what happens is, you know, people say, you know, well, the old uh, Steve Jobs line, you know, find what you love doing and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Well, it's partially true. Yeah, it is partially true. You know, greatest respect to Steve Jobs. It's partially true. Yeah. Because, yes, you know, like even, you know, I love speaking, so I've been on stage. Like, I, you know, I said I, said I want to be a speaker. I spoke before the Dalai Lama at um, a conference of you know, 1,500 wow. people a couple of years ago. It was my, like my dream. Amazing. But, you know, but you, you know then, you, you know, then you turn around the next day. You've got to do it all. You know, you, where am I? <laughs> I'm saying, you know, anyway, so that you, you, that you've uh, you got to, you, there are, you know, like speaking, coaching, it's really a sales or a marketing business that allows you to do what you love to do. 
Absolutely. So I love speaking, I love coaching, I love training, but really you can't sit around and wait for people to call you. you've got to sell. You've got to sell, you've got to market it. And most people don't like selling and don't like marketing. Like I suck at marketing. I think I've had online, we've had this conversation with you. Yeah. Selling, I'm great, you know, but you know, and so. They your hand in glove to a degree. Yeah, well, yeah, to a degree, yeah, to, but they are different. But to a degree, yeah, but you, but, but, you know, you've got you to be good at selling and you've got to be good at marketing. And particularly the sales thing, most of us would rather do the marketing. Man, I, I would totally rather do the marketing. Yeah, most of us would. You know, most of us would. But, but, the, but, yeah, but the, really, you've got to be good at selling too. Yeah. And you know, the mindset leg of the stool is you've got to have supporting beliefs around that and attitudes around that that, su- that support that. But it's just, you know, it's a game. It's, it's just a game. You don't always win and you don't hit every shot's not an ace. Every serve's not an ace. But you don't stalk off because, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't serve an ace. It's much, more, it's, it's much more valuable to look at what, you, what effort you put in, what are the data points that you've collected around it and, you know, keep going and adjust your strategy next time. Keep going, adjust your strategy. Would you like to use the tennis analogy? But get a tennis coach. Yeah, get, get say, you know, you can get, you know, don't get so pissed off because I can show you how to get a much higher percentage of aces, but you're going to have to change what you're doing. Absolutely. Be, don't just get a coach if you're not prepared to make some change. That's another. Yeah, exactly point. right. Exactly right. Well, thank you. One more thing before I jump off and and it's just an offer to the listeners is on the topic of clarity and confidence. I am giving away a gift at the moment, which is a workshop that is all about digging deep into your passions, your skills and your talents, frankly, to identify what is that thing that you are most uniquely placed to do and offer the world and so i'm going to leave you a link to that it is inspired by the simon sinek finding your why kind of line of thinking so let's say it's also inspired by victor frankel just by way of association i think it was seneca one of the roman yeah he it was even before frankel well it was like why anyway let's just like let's put that aside to be completely honest it was years ago I read that book and I created this masterclass totally intuitively. So it's actually not that similar, but it does have a lot of asking yourself the question of why am I like this in there? And I'm going to put the link into the show notes for you. So you can get that totally free 90 minute workshop, couple of workbooks. And I do hope that that gives you more clarity and then when you have the clarity, you are more confident, apply the consistency, and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Over and out. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Yvette. Bye. Lovely talking to you. See ya. You as well. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Lit Up and Liberated podcast. Please go ahead and click subscribe and you will never miss an episode. I would also be very grateful for your five-star review and awesome comments. To connect with me further, head over to www.yvettemayer.com. Join my private Facebook community. I can't wait to bring you more quality episodes and I'll be back soon. Bye for now.